0: from A A T H the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor This is Laughbox <laughs> the podcast for laughter and humor professionals Here's your host Chip Lutz Here we are, it's time for Laugh box my favorite time of the week. And just as a side note, this is our last episode before summer vacation. Yeah, I'm taking the summer off, so you'll have to wait, catch up on episodes you haven't listened to before. So, do you like games? You want to play a game? Want to know about games? Well, this week, I am talking to Mary Cousins. She is the person that uh, is in charge of the Chicago Toy and Game Fair. Actually, she invented it. She shares a little bit about her journey in doing that, uh, how she got involved in the whole uh, game and toy trade. Really super cool person. Um, Really a lot of great information. So just enjoy it. Hello, friends, and welcome to the podcast. This is Chip Lutz, and today I'm alive at the conference, and I get to talk to somebody pretty cool. That's what's cool about the conference: is a lot of neat people, really diverse backgrounds. I got to talk to Mary Cousin. She is in charge of uh, games, all sorts of games. She is the game queen. So, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. Well, yeah,
0: it's really, it's really cool that you're here. Um, For the listeners, if you could tell me a little bit about, you know, who you are, your background.
1: Sure. So I started in the industry I'm in now, the toy and game industry, by designing toys and games as my side hustle to real estate. And I self-produced some, I licensed some, and it was a lot of fun. And then I was traveling the world to trade shows and showing my products, helping other inventors, showing their products. And I found this cool show in, in Germany and families playing together, all having fun. And we didn't have anything like that in the States, a toy and game show open to like families and kids. We only mm-hmm. had hobby shows and trade shows, so came back and rented Navy Pier and put on the Chicago Toy and Game Fair.
0: Holy crap, just like, just renting on Navy Pier. For those of you who aren't familiar with Chicago, I mean, Navy Pier is humongous. It is. I mean, it's giant. I mean, so, was it a section? I mean, obviously, it probably wasn't the whole Navy, but it was like like their section that they do for things. Or? Oh, no,
1: I thought I was going to have 100,000 people. So <laughs> <laughs> I rented the whole, you know, the whole big hall and uh, everything and said, 100,000 people are coming. And that's how I promoted it. And boy, was I wrong. Well,
0: oh, that's really the. That's, that, that is uh, ambitious, to say the very least. That's yeah. awesome.
1: That was, yeah. I had no idea what I was well,
0: doing. I want to talk about you know, like you know, your innovations, You know some of the things that you see, but before we get started, I'm just going to ask you a random question just to get our conversation going. <laughs> so if um, they were making a movie of your life, who would play you? What actress?
1: Oh, wow. Who would play me? Sally Field.
0: Really? That's an interesting choice. May, I mean, are just a big Sally Field fan?
1: I know people over the years. People have said we looked somewhat alike. I can right? see
0: that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that.
1: And we both very optimistic in general, right? Mm-hmm. You know, flying nun, love the flying nun, right? Oh, like,
0: nobody even remembers the thing. That's I like one of her know. first TV shows. She was super young there. She, she was. She was like I don't know. She looked like she was ten. Because even in Smokey and the Bandit, she looked. I mean, what was she like in her thirties? Uh, she looked like she was in her twenties there. I mean, so yep. yeah.
1: I know. She's awesome.
0: She's aged well. She has aged. well. Aged very well. So, um, let's I want to start with um, you know your journey. So you were just creating you know games. I mean, as your what kind of games were you creating?
1: Uh, so a lot of them that didn't go anywhere didn't do anything. <laughs> but the first one that did was Hollywood's Real Spiel, uh-huh. and um, a woman who worked with me at the real estate company that I worked for. She and I developed it together because back then there wasn't the internet so we mm-hmm. actually had to watch all those movies uh-huh. and figure out which lines were the best lines in every movie and then do you remember the old VCR where you had to hit rewind yeah. and then play rewind until you got the words just right mm-hmm. so that's what we did for 2 years Took, Wow. yeah so it was it was a great game hollywood's real spiel like it was it was awesome and it sold really well we got in a lot of So
0: time. in that game like we had to like get uh... Was it just the game where I gave the line you had to like figure out what the movie was? Is that the... So um, we
1: gave you stage direction. Mm-hmm. We gave you the line. Mm-hmm. Then we gave you straight stage direction for reading it. And then you got a point for four different things you could get. Um, the role, the actor, the producer, and the movie. So if any, for any of those, you could get one point. So,
0: wow. So kind of like... Um, and you'd have to be a real movie buff I'm sure to get you know like director Cause I, I remember lines now I know some people are like savants they'll watch a, you know a movie and they will like have like so many things memorized for like I'm gonna remember one line from a movie I will never know the director unless it's a Quentin Tarantini oh, Tuna right, movie. I know those <laughs> like, I've seen Pulp Fiction probably I, I, it's one of those movies where I own it but even if it's on TV I'll watch it with commercials because it always just draws me in oh wow I know it's really sad. That and, <laughs> that and the Sons of Katie Elder with John Wayne. Ooh, um, I've
1: never seen
0: that. Oh, well, <laughs> you are missing out. He's got John Wayne, Dean Martin. Yeah, it's um, it's not a great movie. But, <laughs> I, you know, my brother and I used to watch it all the time together, so it's one of those, you know, brother movies. Oh, okay. So how did you – I mean, is it just a passion for playing games that took you to creating them? Or, I mean, what like, – because it's, oh. it's, it's, it's an interesting thing because I think a lot of times, like, I gamify things, for myself all the time is like, you know, little challenges here and I give myself a little prize right here. But to actually create a game for consumption for other people, I mean, I would think you have to have um more of a passion for for games.
1: Well, I mean we have toys too, so it's it's fifty fifty toys and games. Mm-hmm. Just um but the I think what it was is I had a friend who worked at Western Publishing back before it was bought by Hasbro, mm-hmm. who used to like bring down the games and play test right with us, and I, he would tell all these stories about the game inventors and toy inventors, and and he told the stories of like the Trivial Pursuit guys and the woman who did Pretty Pretty Princess, and and, and I was like, I can do that, mm-hmm. like, you know? Come on, like I'm smart, I can figure that out, right? Wrong. It's like <laughs> it's really hard to invent. I mean. It's, it's an art, really, right. to inventing, to keep everybody involved all the time and to make it an interesting theme. In fact, there's this whole thing, what's more important, mechanic or theme? Like, you know, there's like it's it's an art it is truly an art to develop a game it's really interesting
0: yeah especially for one that people would actually be interested in playing i mean there's some games out there that i am amazed that they're still around like uh you know shoots and ladders i just you know i, I know, would play that funny? i would play with, with my kids i'm like I hate, I hate this game um and there's other simple ones that um to this day are still fun like um connect four sure i don't you know
1: Howard Wexler. Yeah, it's a, I know all the inventors. Yeah,
0: that's, that's so funny.
1: Yeah, all of them. I know more toy and game inventors than anybody else in the world. <laughs> Not kidding. I really do. So on
0: Jeopardy, that would be like yeah. your, that would be like your dream. Exactly. Your, your dream column. It's like I'll take toys and inventors for two thousand, <laughs> Alex. <laughs>
1: it's true. I would so kill it. Yep.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Anyway, so, in your opinion, and besides the game you created, that was you know all the ones you've done. What do you think is like the best game ever invented?
1: Uh, that's like asking me to pick my favorite child. <laughs> Come really, on now, as
0: a parent, you have got a favorite child.
1: Yeah, but you never tell them. You it. never
0: tell them, but yeah. you know the rest of most of them usually know, you know, and all of them always are like think they're, they're the favorite, but um, yeah, you've got one.
1: I know, but they're all my friends. Like, all these people are my <laughs> friends, and for me to say, oh, that's my favorite, I, I didn't don't say favorite. Know.
0: I said like, like, what do you think is the best? Uh, I mean, and you could take oh, let's let's put a different parameter on this so it's not personal. Like you know, the best one that um you know the most popular that people really resonate with and, you know over time has been like one of those one the time-tested games that you know has been around for a while still has staying power and you know, still you know people are still interested
1: so probably jenga right uh-huh. because jenga you don't really have to think right like you can just well you do have to think and actually the inventor is a close friend of mine mm-hmm. so um yeah, Jenga. I think Jenga, because it's conducive to conversation with who you're playing with, right? right? Like, and it's, and you, you can play it any, like in bars, it's everywhere. Right. Everybody it. everybody knows how to play it. You can it. do
0: people, you can do, you can do teams. Yes. Yeah, I've seen that where well, we're at a bar where it's been like a giant Jenga set. Yes. Probably one that they created on their own. Uh, probably, With right. the two by fours. But you know, it's one of those things where, you know, everybody gets involved. Yeah, I can see that, I yeah. can see that.
1: But I love, like, you know, I love all the game. I mean, seriously, they're all. And the thing, too, is, like, it's like asking somebody, what's your favorite food? Well, mm-hmm. sometimes you feel like a McDonald's ice cream cone. And right. sometimes you want beef wellington or whatever. You right. know what I mean? Like, you, it depends on your mood, right? Yeah. Like, your favorite game, like, it's the same thing. Like, what do you feel like playing them?
0: Right. Like, because so I'm not... It, me, I, I've never liked video games. It's never been a thing for me. But, you know, other games, there have been games that I've really liked. I mean, the game that... Uh, I, maybe you know the people that created it, you know, Cards Against Humanity. Sure, I know them. Did you, do you know They're them? They're in
1: Chicago, you know.
0: No, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Chicago, oh, wow.
0: Chicago um, yeah, So, because it's just a... Even my mom. My mom is 82, and she she likes oh, playing that on. game. No, she'll play that game, and You're some of the, serious? some of the stuff you know can come out a little bit um, naughty, yeah, maybe a little I'd bit raunchy, so. but she'll laugh just the same. Yeah, she'll. I think it's one of those games where like I get introduced to it for, um, by my kids, and that you know I'm in my 50s, and I was like, this is an awesome game. All my friends and my confederates love playing it. You know, my mom will play it. My mother-in-law, not as much, but you know, <laughs> you know, it, it it's just you know one wow. of those interesting games. I think that's uh, that, cool. Uh,
1: Your mother likes the
0: play, and it's because yeah. it's always it's always different. You know, it's you got true. the same decks, and we got multiple decks, but it's always one of those things where it's always you know kind of different. You get different people in, you're going to get different combinations. It's just you know, uh, I could play for hours.
1: It's true, yeah. Card games are great. Like last week, I was playing in a poker tournament. Really? Yeah. Well, they it's um it's called SmartBet uh-huh. as a charity, and they've raised over a million dollars for kids um in Chicago, which is great. But yeah, it's a, it was down at the Cultural Center.
0: That is cool. That is cool. Um, now, what have been some like the biggest? You know, well, let's let's start here and talk a little bit about you know the show you guys have, you know, and, and some of the things that happened there because I think that's really interesting. Cause I didn't know it was. I didn't know. that I mean, I live just north of Chicago, and I didn't know this that even went on. So, tell me a little bit oh, about the uh, the toy and not, game fair.
1: We're not doing a very good job if you've not heard of.
0: I don't that. get out much. Okay. I'm, I'm not i I'm not a good. I'm not a good test on whether your marketing is working because, like, <laughs> I live in a bubble. So. Okay. <laughs> well,
1: so we. Um, so the fair is will be our seventeenth year, mm-hmm. and we just have exhibitors from all over, and it's just a load of fun, very immersive. Like we don't want people to think of it as a cash and carry show. That's not what it is. Like you're gonna come in and you're gonna experience the toys and games that are there. And yes, you can buy them Mm -hmm. um, or at least put an order in because they sell out pretty fast, right? But, um, But it's immersive, it's learning, it's STEM. There's just a lot going on. Our Young Inventor Challenge goes on during the fair. And our Young Inventor Challenge are kids from six to 18 inventing toys and games. Mm -hmm. And every year we give out $10,000 in scholarships. Wow. And um, last year, three kids got their ideas licensed and they debuted at New York Toy Fair in February. Two kids by Play Monster in Beloit, Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. and one by Goliath Games down in Texas. So these kids, they get out there, they get their ideas licensed, they're on shelves uh you had two 10 year old girls get licensed three years ago with this game called ship of treasures and they're just the cutest girls and they donated a huge percentage of the royalties to lurie's children's hospital and didn't even tell anybody like we just found out by chance like long after the game was produced because the manufacturer would have put that on right like oh yeah but they that wasn't the point they'd lost a classmate and to cancer, and they wanted to make a difference. Well, These what, kids was are the, special. what was the
0: the game that they had created? Oh,
1: Ship of Treasures. Yeah. So it's a it's a ship. The, mm. the game is a ship, and you're finding treasures around in the ship. It's a card based game. It's oh, cute.
0: interesting.
1: Yeah, it's still a Target. It was a Target exclusive.
0: Wow, and there were ten. Ten they man 10. It makes me feel like I've, I haven't really done anything with my life. You,
1: they, we had a seven year old boy that came, got went and he won for. Um, he did a coding game for blind people. He went on to go on the Steve Harvey show, did a TEDx talk, and he wasn't even eight yet. Oh my God. I was like, oh I just Lord. felt, what have I been doing all my life? Like right. a seven year old kid. I couldn't. I know. I love these kids. They uh-huh. are amazing. They that is really, really cool. I see.
0: I never thought about games being created by kids because, like, when I was a kid, all I was doing was playing in the mud and, you know, stomping on bugs. I wasn't, you know, using my brain like that
1: kids, who's who's better to come up with a toy or game for a kid than a kid
0: yeah absolutely yeah. you know and like like uh you probably remember like on the movie big oh, like sure. why tom hanks was really um you know um good at uh testing the toys because he was a kid you know yeah. that makes sense because a lot of times as adults we have no idea you know, like with my grandkids, I have no idea what they, like, I just, you know, I was all excited to get my granddaughter an Easy Bake Oven. Oh, and she, that was my favorite. Mine too. Mine too. <laughs> and um, she's like, she thought at first, she was all excited because she thought, saw the big box. She thought it was a Barbie. And then when she opened it, she was like, thanks, Papa. Like, you know, she's a little, the look of disappointment on Aww. her face. <laughs> Plus like, no, let's cook something. And then she was a little more excited. Um, yeah. You know, I sent that to my daughter <laughs> in college. Did you really? I did
1: because I thought, you know, what's something that's like from home, right? Right. Like, so in her and her friends, you know. They went crazy over it.
0: I'm sure cuz you can make anything in an easy bake oven. Yeah. True. I mean, it'll take you a long time to make a whole meal, but I mean, you can make anything in an easy bake oven. I know. Now, um, yeah, looking at, you know, your your the show that you do. I mean, what are some of the big, you know, like innovations that you've seen, you know, in the in the toy uh, toy and game world?
1: Oh, so actually right before the fair, the Thursday and Friday before, we have inventor and innovation conferences. Mm-hmm. And we we have over two hundred people that come from twenty five countries. Really? Yeah. And we have four tracks, one for new inventors, one for professional inventors, so like the inventor of Jenga and Bopit, mm-hmm. like they're there, and then design students like from colleges like Myad and Kansas and we even had some college kids from Milan, Italy come this last year and product acquisition executives who are there to find all the new, cool new ideas. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, things get licensed every year at those conferences and at the fair too. So all those product acquisition people like Hasbro send three, Spin Master send four, Mattel, like they all send, right? Like we, mm-hmm. have, we have about a hundred, just short of a hundred product acquisition executives all on the search for new toy and game ideas. And they were both at the conferences, at the fair, just trying to find things to license. And, and we're known for being that. Our theme is like innovation. So mm-hmm. that's, that's where you're gonna find. So
0: the fair stuff. is almost kind of like a clearinghouse. I mean, in a way, yeah, you got people way. that are looking for licensure and people that also do the licensing. So it's a, like a, almost like a, a good marry up for mm-hmm. you know people that have stuff. Absolutely. makes me want to create a game to, I, but you i should. can't yeah I, I should i don't have the brain for that so no
1: you shouldn't say that
0: i really don't um but it would be it would be um fun i'm trying to think of like the worst game i've ever played in my entire life but i can't think of it besides uh, shoot some ladders i remember i remember arguing with my daughter when she was like three we were playing candy land and she was like no it's played this way i'm like no i read the rules you cannot read and i'm like <laughs> And I was like, that really takes all the fun out of it if, uh, <laughs> if I was already going with her about it. Anyway, just so kinda of funny. funny. Anyway, so I mean obviously you gotta love for that. I mean, what what are some of the great things you see like with you know the the whole game thing? I mean, why you why should people even care?
1: Oh, because first of all, if you play games, there's something called SI, strategic intelligence. Mm-hmm. It'll increase Your like up to 16 points. There's documented studies because the one thing schools don't teach or it's very difficult to teach is how do you think ahead? Like, Mm -hmm. how do you how do you teach strategy? Like, it's a different it's a very difficult thing to teach. Games do that. Games teach strategy. So that's really important. When you're playing with your kids, as I'm sure you found out, they give up all sorts of things without even knowing that they're giving up information to you. Right. Right. Because they're focused on the game. Right, and they start talking, and they they share things with you they wouldn't normally share, right? Yes, yeah. I found out that it was very true, and um, and it forms that bond, right, with your kids, which is an amazing bond. And then there's one there's studies that show that the one thing serial killers have in common is that they didn't play with others as kids.
0: See there there you go. So you don't want your kid to be a serial killer. Play games with them. Yep, that's, that's good. True, but was, I like you know the whole. Uh, family factor of things, because I think sometimes that's what's missing.
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: Right. now, You know, the one show I think is an interesting uh, statistic, the one show that uh, on TV that where the family consistently eats together is The Simpsons, which I thought, (laughs) I thought that was interesting.
1: Wow, I never thought about it that
0: way. It it, it is. I was reading an article one time and that was, you know, one of the, you know, even though they're, you know, sometimes I think their family is dysfunctional, but they eat together. And I, you know, you think about like, you know, when I was growing up, you know, they had, you know, they showed families, you know, doing, you know, that stuff together. And it's a big thing with our busy lives that I think we miss out on. We miss out on that quality time.
1: I agree. And
0: I like how you brought that out is where, you know, it opens up that dialogue that might be missing otherwise, you know, because they're playing video games. You know, they're not, you know, that's not the kind of game you'd want to play because you're not really, you know, having that kind of, you know, having that dialogue.
1: It's true. There was a benchmark study. Duke did a benchmark study and mm-hmm. um, from 1985 to 2005, so a 20-year benchmark. And they asked people how many friends could you turn to and how many family members could you turn to in times of trouble? Mm-hmm. Like if you needed money or if you lost your house or whatever. And I think it was like three or four or 4 or 5 and it decreased on both over 20 years. So those Bonds. So we have more friends now, right? Facebook, you know, Twitter. But we have fewer people we can turn to in times of trouble because we don't have those bonds, those conversations that we used to that really cemented relationships. Right. And I think if they do another 20-year, maybe they're thinking about doing it, they'll probably continue to go down, right? Right. Which is really horrible in times of, like, hurricanes or flooding or... Because you don't have as many people to turn to when you need help, and so that means the government's got to bail you out, or or you're hurting in ways you could never hurt before when you had more bonds, more people to turn to.
0: Right. Yeah, it's um, I I like the the game facet of that. That uh, is something I hadn't really thought about. Now you think it back to like when my kids were still at home. You know, those are some of the you know more fun times we had is when we played games. Anyone they're home now, like you know, playing cards against humanity. It's just you know. It's more fun than just, like, sitting there and doing, you know, nothing. It's um, true. And it's like, I, and uh, my wife and I went to Hawaii in um, November. And uh, we stayed at this, like, in a tent cabin out in the middle of nowhere so we didn't have a TV. And so all we could really do was, you know, when we weren't at the beach stuff, we played Yahtzee. <laughs> and it was so much fun. I mean, it was so much, I would like, it was, like, I like Yahtzee. It's, you know, it's a fun game uh, for the most part. There are other games that, uh, phew. You know, go back to the strategy piece, it made me think of you know when I was a kid playing Risk. Oh
1: right, yeah, perfect example. It was like a, it was like,
0: it wasn't just a you know a game that you played for five minutes. I mean, that was like a weekend weekend game. You know, if you were play, if you if you were playing it right, it was like a weekend game. It took you really a long time to um, to uh, yeah. get through things.
1: Perfect example.
0: And what about? Um, you know, the the online component um, of games that a lot of times you can't be, you know, with people. Do you see a lot of people, you know, creating uh, like, uh, I don't want to say maybe like apps or things that they can, you know, uh, stay connected with people other places? Is that something that obviously, you know, it's not a trend, it's here, but do you see more of that?
1: Um, I think we saw a lot more of it, but it's tapered off. Like, really? I think people... Have more of a balance now, right? Like there was a time where they really just everyone, a lot of people in our industry were afraid that no one was going to play with physical toys and games anymore. Like it was all going to be right. digital. But you know, many of us never thought that. Mm-hmm. But but now everybody sees that that's it's physical will always be here. There'll always be physical toys and games. Right. And and in many cases, the electronic really enhances play. Right. Like it can. And then there's sometimes, like, there's places where maybe you don't have toys or games, physical toys or games with you, and it's nice to have a phone and then you can play something. Yeah. It's like the analogy to McDonald's, like, you know, sometimes you feel like a quick bite to eat, and so mm-hmm. maybe that's a quick game of something on your phone, and sometimes you want a real meal or right. a real...
0: Yeah. So... That makes sense. That makes sense. Now, we talked a lot about games, and i make sure that we give equal play to toys, because... <laughs> Because it, that's that's cool that you know you, they're combined in there and so uh, what do you see is you know some of the the innovations you've seen in the toy world um, lately
1: well they are really combining a lot of toys with digital play now it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting um, and Lego interestingly enough is going out now to really make more innovative products which they hadn't really in the past like for for the first time, well, they started coming to our inventor conferences. They wouldn't talk to outside inventors before. Mm-hmm. So I think the whole industry, the whole toy industry, is really becoming more and more creative, reaching out to more inventors. Like Playmobil, for example, too, came to our conferences last year for the first time. So Playmobil wants to become more innovative, and mm-hmm. you know, there used to be a thing with some companies, the whole "not invented here" thing, that, and you know, like they really didn't want outside inventors. But right. but now people are looking for the innovation, whether it's digital or, or new fresh ideas for right. play. So that's exciting, actually.
0: Well it's, I was thinking, well, it's funny you say that about Lego, because I thought that Lego, I mean, has really been innovative. I mean, from the stuff I grew up with, where it was like in the small little box, and when, you just, when it was, um, you built it, but it wasn't really super hard, to the stuff that I was buying for my son, where it was super, I mean, it was almost like, you know... Uh, a car owner manual to put this thing together. You know what I mean? I quit building Legos with him because like when we were, he was little, it's like, Hey, let's build spaceships and crash them. So we'd do that. And then pretty soon he would start building these like multi-engineered things. And he was outclassing me. And I was like, I don't know if I'm playing Legos with you. I mean, yeah, Yeah, he's, he's got a smart math in mind, you know, but, um, so do you see,
1: um, and the Legos probably help with that.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, probably. I mean, he still loves, Yeah, you know, he's. I've spent a small fortune on Legos, yeah, from growing up. Um, what about uh, the with artificial uh, uh, intelligence or virtual reality? That's what I, you know, uh, oh, yeah. the whole really VR thing. Is that, you know, factoring into um, toy making?
1: Sure it is. Yeah, they've got a lot of that. Like, um, Hasbro's talking about, I don't know if, they're, if, if this is just one of the many things they're talking about, is like having a laser ops Challenge course, which mm-hmm. has a bit, lot of that involved too, at the fair this year. So that's actually interesting because it's 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 got a physical, you know, gun or blaster or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. It's got the artificial intelligence, but yet you're running around. So right. you've got the active play. So they're hitting on a lot of different things there, which is interesting. So there is a lot of new technical things that cause more active play. Uh-huh. You know, where a lot of people said. Well, kids just sit there and they don't move, but mm-hmm. now they're incorporating it into a lot of toys and games, so you are moving.
0: Yeah, like when people were really excited when the Wii first came out. Oh, right, good yeah. point,
1: right, exactly.
0: When the Wii first came out, I know we got one, it's like, hey, let's bowl. <laughs> and it's like, okay, we're bowling. But it was, you know, it was, you know, what I liked about that is, you know, very much the same as we were talking about games, is that, you know, it was, you know, a, a toy, obviously, but we had things that we could interact, you know, mm. together with, and, you know, aside from. My son with his Xbox, you know, just blowing blowing stuff up. You know, what I mean, it was just a lot more a lot more fun. Whatever happened to the Wii?
1: I don't know. I was just thinking that. Like, I haven't heard anyone say say anything about the Wii <laughs> no, in a while. said about the
0: Wii in a while. I know. It's funny. <laughs> well, I thought about it because we were cleaning out the basement, and I found you know, the uh, one that we had down there. And uh, actually, I had two because my 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 current wife had one, and I got the other one in my divorce. I don't know why I got it, but probably because it was (laughs) worthless. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be right back with that interview with Mary. But now it's time for fun facts. Fun facts is where I share facts about humor, laughter, sometimes the absurd. But this week, since we're talking about games, I'm going to share a game fact. (laughs) Did you know that during the Great Depression, people had to make do with inexpensive games like playing cards or rented jigsaw puzzles? Um, rented, what, what's up with that? But Monopoly, with its capitalistic and cruel winning strategy, seemed to fly in the face of the depression. Um, I love Monopoly. I am up to a certain point and that point is usually when I start losing. So you got a fun fact you wanna share? Shoot it to me, I would love to hear it and share it on the show. Let's get back to Mary. Um. So that's pretty funny. I mean, uh, as far as toys go, I mean, there's some toys that you think that no matter you know how advanced we get, there were these are, these are gonna be these are some staple toys that all kids are you know, of all ages are always gonna love.
1: So it's funny you should say that. I had today I had lunch over and in Oakbrook, right, mm-hmm. and it was with a rep who's been selling toys and games for decades, right, and he brought out a 1980 catalog. They had toys and games. Aldens, I think it was called. Oddly mm-hmm. Ald- or Ald- Aldens, I think it was Aldens. Anyway, and and we were going through it to see what toys and games were still around today. Mm-hmm. And do you know it was probably thirty percent of the toys and games that were being sold in 1980 are still with us today. Really? Yeah, it was fascinating. It was really fascinating. Like, of course, Barbie. Well, there were more games around than toys. But uh-huh. but yeah, like like operation but, and the inventor of operations from Chicago
0: uh-huh.
1: um, yeah a lot of them you would shoots and ladder I mean that's in there and right. um, I'm trying to think ants in the pants a sari which you mentioned that was being Hungry sold Hungry there. Hippo yes yes right. right they're all being sold today right Connect Four which you'd mentioned mm-hmm. they're all still around
0: and there's some I haven't seen for like Rock'em Suck'em Robots that
1: was invented in Chicago
0: was it really? It sure was you're like uh, like a Bert Meyer (laughs) you you know them all that's awesome that's amazing I didn't know that uh, Chicago was kind of like a uh, Mecca for toy inventions
1: it actually started here Um, they say that the the idea of toy and game inventing outside of companies started in Chicago with a guy named Marvin Glass he had 70 people working so he never invented anything in his whole life right but he had 70 people working for him that invented Rock 'em, sack 'em, like all of the classics, mousetrap. Like, uh-huh. you know, anyway, he pitched them to the toy and game company. Really? 70 people.
0: Wow, that is amazing! That is amazing. Well, I really enjoy. I mean, this is fascinating conversation. Makes this. I mean, it's so uh, different. One, like I said, I didn't know that there was a toy and game fair, and I can't really wait to go to it. It (laughs) sounds like it sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds like like you know to see what's up and coming, see the things that um, you know might be. uh, I might want to get for Christmas. There you go. Um, if people want to find out more about you know the the fair or just you know what you do, where do you What's your website? Where do you want them to go? Oh,
1: sure. So our website is ChiTag.com, C H I like Chicago. T A G like Twain Game. Okay. Or you can probably just Google Chicago Twain Game Fair, and it'll pop right up.
0: Awesome! Awesome! When's the next one?
1: Uh, it's always the weekend before Thanksgiving. It's the same weekend as the Disney Festival of Lights Parade downtown. Okay. So you can go to.
0: You can spend make a weekend a- of yeah, it. Absolutely. You can just enjoy Chicago. Absolutely. Fly in from out of state and just enjoy it.
1: 35% of our people do.
0: Hey, so do, uh, like best advice on, um, you know, say there's a family out there, like just thinking, like, oh, I really want to, you know, do a game night, you know, or oh, with my yeah. kids, you know, stuff like that. You know, best advice on, you know, starter games for, like, you know, families or, you know, or what to look for.
1: Oh, there's so many. To- I mean, um, you mean, like, something new to purchase? Or just, or? you know,
0: like, you know, if they're... Uh, how should they go about choosing the right game for their family? Like, you know, thinking about, like, oh, all right, my kids like this, or, you know, it's just like, you know, just advice on, like, hey, well, this is what you want to look for in a game. So if
1: you want, like, a goofy game, so there's a woman in Chicago, her name is Kim Vandenbroek. She mm-hmm. runs a website called thegameisle.com. Mm-hmm. And she she rates them all, talks about them all, all the fun stuff. But she herself has a really hot game out now, and it's called Peeing Pup. And so, you know, that, remember Hot Potato? Yeah. So it's sort of like that, but instead of, like the potato getting hot, you never know when the pup is going to pee on you. So you're passing around. And it was inspired by her dog, her little tiny dog, Otis. Right. And, you know, like when they're pups, it's, you never know, right? Anyway, so it's one of the hot games that are out now. That
0: is so interesting. It's, yeah. it's so interesting, like, um, culturally, how we've made a shift on, you know, what know. we look at as um, acceptable in our society. Like, thinking when we were growing up, I would think like my parents would be like, I'm not going to buy a game I with know. but a dog peeing with it. What is that about? You know. But now it's like hey, hey, pee and pup. That sounds awesome. I know it's you true, know. isn't it? It's yeah. funny. Yeah.
1: I know. But she 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 um she reviews all the games in in detail. So that's a really great place to find the newest stuff that's out there. But also, there's always like even variations on classics like Jenga. Like mm-hmm. I always I Jenga is a go to, not just because I'm very good friends with the inventor, but because there are so many cool new variations of it, right? Mm-hmm. But it is just like perfect, because you can have eye contact when you're right. playing, and, you're, and you stand, you, like you can stand and play. I, I know, I just like that one. But, um, but there's, oh, there's just so, this is what they call the golden age of board games. Really? Yes, there are more board games out now than there have ever been in the history of toys and games. It's the number one category on
0: Kickstarter. I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Now, I always like to wrap up. I got a fast five questions. I'm going to just ask you five questions. Okay. You just answer them, you know, whatever's on the top of your head. All right? So, Mary, who is your favorite comedian?
1: Don Rickles. That's the first thing that came
0: Don Rickles. Him. That's... All right.
1: I was on stage with him once. So, I'll, the, the,
0: I'll... so he's top of mind. That makes sense. All right. What's your, um, your go-to funny movie?
1: Love, actually.
0: Okay, all right. Um, Do you have a favorite kind of comedy? Romantic. Okay. All right, you and I are going to play a game. What are we going to play? Jenga. (laughs) (laughs) And last question, Um, do you have a favorite joke?
1: Oh, no one's ever asked me that before. Hmm. I tell terrible jokes.
0: Oh, Those are the best people that tell jokes because usually they start laughing before the punchline, which usually makes it super hilarious for me.
1: Yeah, that would be me. I I can't even think of a joke. I, say, I try to avoid it because I'm so okay. horrible. But yeah. I laugh at everybody else's. See? And I love and humor. People, and
0: people like joke, to tell jokes. Yes. Love, people love to laugh at them.
1: I do. I'm I'm your you know wingman. <laughs> you're,
0: like. the, you're my best audience. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me today.
1: Oh, no. Thank you, really.
0: Well, there you go. Mary Cousin. Pretty awesome person, huh? Just to think, I mean, thinking that she rented out the entire Navy Pier just because she thought it was the thing to do. And from there, she's built kind of like a toy and game empire. I'm going to encourage you to connect with her. I also encourage you to go to the Chicago Toy and Game Fair, which is going to be in November in Chicago. AATH will have a booth there. You'll be able to connect with some of us at the and game fair i also encourage you to go to our website aath.org check us out if you're not a member i'm going to ask you why we're awesome great people so until next time actually until next uh episode which will be probably in august we'll keep the laugh on for you This is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. LaughBox is made possible by a grant from the National Speakers Foundation and is brought to you by AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Find out more at aath.org. Be sure to review LaughBox on iTunes for show notes and more information about today's conversation. Visit laughbox.aath.org.